John chapter 4, I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judah and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. The only Father, Lord, I pray that you would just, Lord, I need your strength this morning. Lord, I ask that you would speak through me. Lord, I pray that you would challenge my own heart. Lord, I need to hear this as much as anybody else. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage the believers that are here today. Lord, I pray that if there be even one that has not accepted you today, Lord, I pray that they would accept you as their personal Savior before they leave this place. And Lord, I pray that you would be with uh, each one of us, that we would have a renewed desire to reach out to others around us. Lord, that we would have a different vision of this world than we've had before. And Lord, that we would see the souls of men, Lord. Lord, not as just people that are passing by, but we would see them as you see them, Lord. And that we would have the same love for them as you have for them. And Lord, that you would help us to share that love with them. In your name, amen. In John chapter 4, of course, it is the very famous passage that deals with the woman at the well. And it's, it's a great passage. It's, a, it's an incredible chapter. The book of John is an incredible book. I don't know, I, I guess I could say that about the whole Bible, because every place you go, you just cannot find, you can always find something that God is doing. The power of God is throughout his word. But today, what I want to share with you about is I want to share with you right there in verse 4, it says, he must needs go through Samaria. And I want to talk to you this morning about we must needs go. We must needs go. You know, Jesus was going up through to Galilee. And he said, the Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. And most of us have heard that this is not the way that Jesus had to go. This wasn't the normal way to go. And what I want to talk to you about today is I want to talk to you about reaching one person. Just one person. You know, a lot of times as missionaries, we talk about what, reaching the world, right? And we're, we're talking about missions and we're talking about reaching the entire world. But I, I don't think that realistically, a lot of times it's really easy to talk about reaching the world, reaching a country, reaching a region, reaching a city. But that all seems kind of just empty and vain if you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's vain, but what I'm trying to get across is those are big terms. Those are big things. You know what? I can't reach everybody. If you were to spend the rest of your life marching around Houston, trying to meet every single person in Houston, you know what? You couldn't do it. 
There's over six million people in the Houston metro area. Over six million, at least that's my information we looked up yesterday. Do you realize that's three times the number of people are in the whole country of Savinia? It's a big place. Trust me, I don't like big places. <laughs> I was rather shocked. Savinia has two million. You know what? I could spend the rest of my life trying to meet everybody in Savinia. I wouldn't be able to do it. But what we can do is we can ask God to help us reach one person and make it personal. You know, I'm not against... I'm not against soul winning. I know you were out yesterday passing out tracks because Brother Dave was talking to me on the phone. You were out, and you know what? I'm all for it. We go out and we're gonna, we distribute literature and we try to reach people out knocking doors just like you do. But if you stop and think about it for a minute, most of you are here today because one person took some time to try to reach you. Some of you were raised in Christian homes. You know what? Your mom and dad, they loved you. They tried to reach one person. It could have been a friend, a relative. It could have been a co-worker. But there was someone who tried to reach you. And you say, well, no, I just read the Bible. You do, I guarantee you there was still someone in your life that tried to challenge you about God. Someone tried to reach out to you. You know, I'm going to give you some examples today. And you know what? Not all of them are saved. But they're people that someone tried to reach with the gospel. And my challenge to you is, it's time as a church to try to reach the people around us. And the way we're going to do that, the most effective way you can do that is one at a time. One at a time. See, as Christians, a lot of times we... We grow up and we, we learn to wear the right clothes. And, and I, I'm not against wearing the right clothes. I think we ought to be honoring to God. I think we ought, to, we ought to dress appropriately. Okay, when we're in different situations, we need to be example. God wants us, you know, we, we learn about living holy and we should live holy. Okay, I'm not saying that we shouldn't live holy. And no, I'm not talking about getting involved in people's sin. But you know what? We've got to get out of the church house and we've got to go out and we've got, to, we've got to connect with people out there. And that's not by getting involved in their sin. They don't need people to get involved in their sin. They need to see a difference. Yeah. You know, when I was in the Marine Corps, you know, I was surrounded by unsafe people. I lived with people. I always teased. I spent more time with a lot of those men than most of those men spent with their wives. I was deployed for almost three years at sea. Trust me, I spent more time with them than they spent with their wives. I knew them. They knew me. You know, they always would give me a hard time. They knew I was a Christian. They, a lot of them would give me a hard time. But can I tell you something? You know what they wanted? They didn't want me to get involved in their sin. They wanted to believe that God could change a life and that there was another way. They wanted to believe that there was another way. And you know what? All of us that have experienced Christ that we've come to know Christ as our personal Savior, can I tell you, we know that there is hope and that there is another way in this world. I want you to look, first of all, at three things we're going to look at. I want you to see that Jesus 
went the wrong way. He went the wrong way. It was not the convenient way. It was not the comfortable way. And it was not the accepted way, the normal way. You know, if you'll let me think about this, the Jewish nation, we're supposed to learn from the Old Testament, right? And we understand that the Jewish nation, they had, at this point especially, they'd come to a point where they had separated themselves from everybody else. They thought that they were better than everybody else, and they had separated themselves, and they, had come, they were all in-focused, and they were not trying to reach out at all. Now, that's, the truth is God had put them on this earth, yes, to bring the Son of God into this earth, but they were also supposed to be a light to the entire world. They were supposed to be sharing what God God's message to the entire world, were they doing it? Were they accomplishing it? No, they had been focused in on themselves. And so the accepted way was to avoid those who were on the outside, to avoid those who were not Christian, well, let me, who were not Jews, who were not part of their religion. They were trying to avoid them, so they literally, they would go across the Jordan River, they would go up the, they would go up the, uh, east side of the Jordan River, and then they'd come back across the Jordan River up by the Sea of Galilee so they could avoid the Samaritans because they thought the Samaritans were dogs and they were unworthy because they were even worse in some ways than the Gentiles because they were half-breeds. And they didn't, deserve to, they, they, they didn't even deserve to be in the presence of God. They didn't even deserve to be in the presence of his holy people. But Jesus said, you know what? I must needs go through Samaria. He went the wrong way. Why did he go the wrong way? It wasn't the wrong way. It was the right way. He went to reach people that the people who should have been reaching him said, we won't go to those people. He went to reach them. When we first went to Sabina, there was a family. I got a call from a family. Actually, it was from another missionary. He said, there's a family, there's a, there's a man. It was actually just one man. He said, there's a man in Trieste that's in Italy. You know what? We were in Savinia. He was in Italy. Do you know that there's some people who thought, who still even to this day believe we shouldn't have gone to Trieste to try to reach that one man? It was the wrong way in their minds. But you know what? There's a man named Eduardo that's there today. And his wife lose that are there today, that are the core of that church that's being established in Trieste. Listen, they're there because someone went the wrong way. They went out of their way to reach a person. I hate saying this because I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to pump myself up, do you understand? But it's a testimony. There was a lot of people, like I said, that were in opposition to that. You should be in Savinia. You can't go across the border. Listen, we need to go out of our way yeah. to reach people. They have a family. You saw some of them in the slides. Papa Giorgio and Mama Lena, they're over 80 years old. Do you know what? They need to be reached with the gospel. When we first went there and we met them, can I tell you, they didn't want to know anything about God. But you know, at this point right now, have they accepted Christ? No. But can I tell you, we took time and we made... We went out of our way, out of our convenient zone. We drove an hour out of our way to try to reach that family. You know why? Because Christ loves them. Yeah. And we love them. I know those slides don't mean a lot to you, but they mean a lot to me. Because I see every face in there. And there's someone I know. 
and someone I love and someone who I want to see come to Christ as their Savior. They're not just faces. They're not just slides. They're people. They have a granddaughter named Valeria. Valeria didn't want anything to do with us either. But do you know that they said, when we left, we saw them just a few weeks ago, four weeks ago. He said, are you going to come back? Do you promise you'll come back? These are saved and unsaved people. Will you come back? They want us to come back. Why? Because they see something different, not in me, but what God has done in our lives. You say, is it worth going? Yes. Do you got a lot of numbers? No. But is it worth going to try to share the gospel with those people? There's another man. His name's Miro. Miro is a man who I met. He's the only, one of the only people I've ever met door knocking in Savinia, believe it or not. Yes, I know you say we go out and door knock and we don't get much results. Well, come to Savinia and you can experience even less. Okay. <laughs> is it still worth going? Yes. Miro was in a little village on the backside. It's one of the remotest places I've been in Savinia. It's a little village strung out along this road. It's an old Roman road, actually. It runs up a couple, it runs probably 15 minutes above us to the north. God laid on my heart to go and to, I was trying to, I was trying to distribute literature and, and knock on doors throughout this entire, uh, basically you'd call it a county. And there's this one part of it that stretches up this long road. And in Savinia, most of the villages are very concentrated. And it's much easier to go to the villages because you can go to the villages and you can, you can go there and you can park your car and you can quickly cover the entire village and, and, and distribute literature, talk to the people that will talk to you. But then this, little, this village is spread out along this long road and it's going to take you a long time and you had to walk you know, for miles along that road. I went up there and I, I walked along that and I came almost to the last house. And this man named Miro, it means peace by the way, Miro stops me and he, he said, he said, hey, come in here. And he brought me in. Now, Miro is a devout Catholic. And I was able, went in there and he wanted to talk to me about the, the um, I'm not, Fetima, the miracle in Fetima. I don't know if you even know, you may not even know what that is. And I'm not going to go into what it is. But it's a thing that a lot of people are caught up in in Europe. And uh, he, he called me in and we went in there and he, he started talking to me and I started talking to him. And I was able to, we ended up spending about three hours. And you say, well, what happened? Well, I shared the gospel at least three times. Okay, but he, you got to understand the bondage that you have, religion has over these people. It's not going to be a one-time thing for most of them. It's going to be over and over. You know what? It's not convenient. But you go back. Because there's no wrong way. You know, a lot of people say, why do you waste your time on those couple little houses strung all along the road? Listen, because that's what God laid on my heart. Is it, is it worth going the wrong way out of your way? Is it worth doing that? Yes. Follow God and go out and reach people with the gospel. Listen, Miro hasn't accepted the Lord yet, but you know what? I keep going back. You know what? He lets me come back. Why? Because Miro and I are friends. Because he knows I care about him. Because he knows I care about his wife. 
because he knows I care about his family. It was the wrong way, but it wasn't. Jesus, we also see he went to the wrong person. The wrong person. Listen, the woman that he met at that well, it was the wrong person. She, she, was, she was there at the well at noon because she was the wrong kind of person. She was a woman who had, had no, none of the other women liked her because she'd been married five times and she was shacked up with someone who wasn't even her husband. She was the wrong kind of person. But you know what? Jesus went to her. Because we need to be going to the wrong kind of people. Yeah, that's right. Because you know what? Usually the right kind of people, they don't want to hear it. Usually the right kind of people, they aren't even interested. Jesus said he came not to save the righteous, but to save the sinner. Now, wasn't that those people that he was talking about, those people who thought they were righteous, that they didn't need salvation, they just didn't think they needed salvation. They needed to become sinners before they could become Christians. He went to the wrong person. You know, Europe, your pastor said it, there isn't a lot of missionaries. And the reason is because most missionaries leave the field very quickly. And the reason is because there isn't a lot of fruit. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it is discouraging. It can be very discouraging. You have to keep your eyes on God. There are missionaries that I know that have served for years and years over there. Brother Barlow is a man that, that has served over there. He's another missionary in Savinia. He, he served there for over uh, 12, I think he's at almost 14 years now. 14 years. 14 years he served there in the capital city. In the capital city. And uh, as of right now, God has blessed him just in the last few years with a small group of people who have been consistent. That are actually, he has a civilian family, has some expats, but not very many. Just I'm talking about six or seven in church, would be a, would, he'd be excited. And that's, I praise God for it, but it's been 14 years. Is it worth it? Yes. Yes. Listen, we cannot just ignore, we can't say, well, we're going to go everywhere else, but we're not going to go to Europe. My brother died on the mission field. He died in the Czech Republic. When he died, he'd had more, but when he died, there was only one person faithfully going to the church that he was ministering at. You say, is it worth it? Yes. Listen, the people in Europe need to hear the gospel. Go to the wrong kind of people. Nina is a lady. She's into spiritualism. She is not saved right now. If you remember some of these people I mentioned, I hope you'll pray for them. We met Nina three years ago. Nina's into spiritualism. She's into any kind of thing you can think of. You know what she's looking for? She's looking for peace. She's looking for peace. I remember the first year, the reason we met her was we went out and we started English club. She had a little community center. She was in charge. And she let us come in and teach English to the children. We did that to try to reach out into our community, to try to meet people. Nina, when we first met her, my brother-in-law, 
Daryl Chin and his wife, my, my wife, I'm sorry, my sister, get this right, my sister came over and helped us. And we went down and had English class. I remember when it was all finished, she was so excited about what we had done. She was so encouraged. And she said, she, and she said you know, Daniel, what, we're looking, what I'm looking for is I just want hope. And I said, Nina, you can have hope. But see, Nina is one of these people, she was like, no, 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 not, not religion. She thinks, she thinks that what I'm offering her is religion. She's like, no, 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 not religion. I, I've seen that and it doesn't work. And I said, you know what, we've shared with her. And so that was her initial response. And we have worked with her and we have done more English classes and we've worked in her center over the last three years. God has opened many doors and we've been able to meet many people through the opportunity that God has opened there. But Nina, during this whole time, she's slowly but surely opened up a little bit and a little bit. But you know what it took? It took going to the wrong kind of person, the person caught up in spiritualism and caught up in all these things and loving her and caring about her and becoming her friend, not becoming part of what she's into, but just being a friend, someone that she could go to. Uh, can I tell you that Nina is our friend? Nina loves, she appreciates what we do. Can I tell you that when I told Nina that we were going to be moving to Aviano, Italy, her first response was to break down in tears. Not because we're so wonderful, but can I tell you, she, she saw the love of God that came out of our lives and it spoke to her heart. Listen, I believe that Nina will come to know Christ as her Savior. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. But she's the wrong kind of person, but this kind of people that God has sent us to. You know, is there someone in your life that you're trying to reach for the gospel? Is there someone that you have befriended in this world? Listen, people need to know that God cares about them. And if God really cares about them, then guess what? We should care about them. And if we care about them, then we're going to have to take some time and some effort to go to that person and love them and be their friend and care about them enough to sacrifice some for them. Jesus went to the wrong kind of people. And he was a friend to them. Jesus is a friend of sinners. Jesus didn't get involved in their sin. Jesus didn't accept their sin. But he was a friend to sinners. We need to be a friend to sinners. My wife, Christina, she's sitting right here. She grew up in a broken home. She grew up in a disaster. Now, I praise God for her family now. God's worked a miracle there. I thank the Lord for my father-in-law. I thank the Lord for my brother-in-law and his wife. They've been great blessings to us. But when my wife was growing up, it was a disaster. And I don't have time to share everything, but she was terrified of her mother. They took her and put her in a home because they were afraid, in, in her grandmother's home, because they were afraid that her mother would hurt her. And I'm not saying that to make you feel sorry for her. I'm just telling you that's the kind of situation she was in. Divorced home, broken home, the wrong kind of people. Her grandmother took her to church and she accepted Christ as her personal savior as a 12-year-old as a child. She went home and there was no way for her to go back to church. And she began to pray that God would send someone 
someone that would come by the wrong kind of people and would care about them. One Saturday, a bus worker came by and knocked on their door and said, would you like to go to church? You know, my wife wasn't wearing the right kind of clothes. She wasn't listening to the right kind of music. She didn't even understand half the things that she was, you know, most Christians would know. But someone came by and picked her up and brought her to church. And there was a man and his wife there at the church that loved her and cared about her. And they put up with all her tears and all her stories, and they just loved her. And God took her, that couple and used them to impact her life and change her life. And she's my wife. There is no wrong kind of people. It's just a question of, will we go? We must needs go. He went the wrong way. He went to the wrong person. He went at the wrong time. Noon wasn't the time to go to the well. Noon wasn't the time to be out witnessing. In Italy, I always share this, in Italy, at 12, or about 12 o'clock, 12.30, in the small towns, everything shuts down. And you won't get anything done until about 3 in the afternoon. They have reposo. In the smaller towns, in the more traditional places, they literally, you can't even, they don't even want you talking loud during that time. <coughs> Everybody's supposed to be quiet. The kids aren't supposed to be running. Everything is supposed to be still for three hours. That's exactly how this town was. It wasn't the right time for Jesus to be at the well. But it was the right time. It was the right time. We run through our lives as Americans and we go here and we go there and we go here and we go there. And we spend our lives flying all over the place. But do we ever spend our time taking time for others. It's one of the most shocking things as I come back to America, can I just be honest with you, is I meet people who their lives are nothing more than zip, 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 zip. I was up in Oklahoma City and I went out, I like to run, you may think I'm crazy. I shouldn't be running. Don't report me to my doctor, he'll be mad at me but I love to run. I don't run very fast anymore. More of a shuffle. My son says I run fast, but I don't think so. I'm running half speed now. <coughs> but I like to go out and run. I was up in Oklahoma City and I was just shocked, to be honest with you, how close people are. Everybody's in their side, their houses, nobody's going out, nobody, I'm not used to that. In Savinia, people are out. People come out of their houses. You can, you, it's to be honest with you, people take time. You can actually, I've spent hours witnessing to people in Savinia. It's not from a lack of witnessing that we, that as, as far as souls go. Trust me, I have spent hours with people. People will listen. But here in America, I just see everybody rushing, 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 rushing. Nobody's got time for anybody. And listen, 
we need to take time for people. It's the right time. It's not the wrong time. If it takes slowing down, then we need to slow down. I went out running up in, up in Kentucky. Yes, I'm crazy. I like to run. I went out running in Kentucky, where my brother-in-law and sister are. I went down this road. I was heading towards this landing. And then when I went down the road, there was a man with a little dump truck. There's a man a little bit older than I am, I think. Maybe the same age. <laughs> but he was there. He had, that, he had that little dump truck full of gravel. And I thought he was probably just going to dump it. But I waved at him. He waved back. And we said good morning. And I ran down the road. And I came back. As I was coming back up the road, he was still there. Except now he had a shovel out. And he was shoveling gravel off the back of that dump truck and throwing it in the ditch there at the end of this driveway. And God said, stop and talk to this guy. So I stopped and I said, do you got a shovel? And he said, he said, well, yeah, I got another shovel. I said, well, give me the shovel and I'll help you. He said, oh, you don't have to do that. I said, no, I'm serious. Give me the shovel and I'll help you. He got the shovel out. And so we started shoveling gravel. And you know what we started doing? Then I started, he said, well, where are you from? And I started telling him about where we were from. And God opened the door for me to be able to talk to this man. And then I shared with him my testimony, my personal testimony. And, you know, shared with him about how God had saved me. And then he began to share with me. Now, it turns out that he has accepted Christ as his Savior. But you know what? Then he began to share with me about his daughter. His, his daughter's name is Hannah. So if you remember Hannah, remember to pray for Hannah. Hannah Fletcher. Hannah Fletcher. His daughter is away. She's, run, she's left home. She's living out in the world. He doesn't know if she's saved or not. And he's concerned about Hannah. She's up in the University of Kentucky. And so I prayed with him. And I've been praying for Hannah Fletcher. But you know what it took? It took taking time. It took taking time. You know, I had lots of things to do back at the house. We had to pack up and get ready to leave. But God said, stop and talk to this man. See, there's people out there that need to hear from you. But you're going to have to take time to go and reach them. Jesus went at the wrong time to reach a lady. It wasn't a convenient time. It wasn't an easy time. He could have, been, he could have already been in Galilee. He could have been preaching in Galilee. He could have been doing all this other stuff. But you know what? He took time to go to a woman who was a wrong woman in the wrong place at the wrong time to share the gospel with her. You know what he was to her? He was a friend to her. I'll share one last thing, and I'll be quiet, because I know I'm running over. Sandra. She was in the slides. Guess where I met her running? Maybe we should all take up running. I met her running. And Sandra, it was, it was one of the breaks between COVID. We were locked down, and then we had a little bit of a break last summer. I was running. I met her. I invited her to our house. We came, she came over. She had, we had a barbecue. Her and her son came. 
We were able to share the gospel with her. He said, did she get saved? Not that time. When we came back, we had to come back to the States for two weeks in December. We came back. When we got back, she was missing. They'd moved. Her and her husband had moved. We didn't know where to find them. We got a phone call a couple weeks before we left to come back here. Sandra called up and said, hey, this is where I'm living. We went over there. You know, it was out of the way. It was the wrong place, the wrong time, the wrong kind of people. But my wife was able to share the gospel. I truly believe that Sandra accepted the Lord. I don't know. We'll see in time. But she has a husband, Zoran, who doesn't speak Savinian, nor does he speak English. She, he still needs to be reached. You don't know who you're going to rub shoulders with today. But can I tell you, if we would take the time, just one person, one person, not the whole neighborhood, not the whole, not the whole city, just one person. Think about one person that you can go out and you can befriend and that you can love and that you can share the gospel with. You know, for years I worked on the bus ministry. You know why I love the bus ministry? Because I went week after week after week into the homes of people's lives. They were not just a person that I saw for a moment. They were a person that I was involved in their lives, that I, I cried and I wept with them and I rejoiced with them in their struggles. Not all of them were saved. Not all of them accepted Christ. But listen, you think about the person that reached you and it was someone who took time to care about you. Jesus went the wrong way. He went to the wrong person. And he went at the wrong time. And praise God he did. And praise God he did for me. And praise God he did for you. We must needs go. We must needs go.